Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Alami podcast, Change Your Company. I'm very excited about our episode today. We are live on LinkedIn and we hope that we'll have some interaction with some of the people who will be watching us. My guest today is Michael Druard uh, from Fabric, which is a consultancy firm which has been helping organizations really unleash the power of um, their people and their companies through some dynamic work, driving collaboration and uh, uh, creating like structure which really help uh, improving performance, uh, especially in the new normal. And uh, hi, Michael. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi, Fred. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before about your work and a little bit about my work and uh, and how they intersect in a way that they are focused on the human side uh, of leadership and organizations, uh, but at the same time on driving really high performance. So if you can introduce yourself a bit and the work you do. Yeah, well, thank you. I can, first of all, introduce quickly. Uh, so I'm the co-founder of a company called Fabric. We are based in Paris and Brussels. We are a team of 15 people. And um, we our purpose is to help organizations making the next steps towards functioning as a truly agile organization. And uh, we do three things. We do... Uh, mobilization, like we use the collective intelligence of people to mobilize them on a common goal or common purpose. Uh, two, we work on empowerment on those new ways of working that would, you know, create self-organization and, uh, and, and build that new, build self-organization uh, instead of a more hierarchical, classic, conventional one, um, more aligned and more serving, complex, you know, adapted to complexity. And then we would train them. So we do capacity building and training and to train trainers and, and a bit the, the, the skills internally to help uh, uh, develop those ways of working at scale. So that, that's what we do. Um, I'm, I just also want to say, I'm the, uh, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. And one of the things I, I love is I'm a learner. And I love to learn. So I'm a bit like you where I love to um, meet people. And so I also have a podcast uh, called the Pyramid to Circles uh, because of, over the last uh, 20 years, I've met so many amazing masters and people. And, and I wanted to give a chance to, for everyone to know from them or about the, and because um, many people, many leaders today or change makers, they're looking for inspiration. So they, 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 they can, uh, they, they are, they come to the Alami show, but they, they, and, and that's, I think a great way. So I, I just, I just, this is something we have in common. Uh, yeah. I, lo I love, also. I love the name of your <laughs> podcast, Pyramid to, to Circles. And, yeah. uh, and I think really this somehow summarized the shift of what we see in organization. And I think uh, many leaders are, are catching up with this shift and I hope that we'll see more and more of this. Uh, but um, I want to kind of take a step back and tell you about this question I asked on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and I got a lot of responses. Uh, so uh, I think hundreds. And uh, basically the question was, what's the biggest obstacle or challenge you see that big organizations, medium to large, has today and um and i put like four options uh, option answers one is uh lack of collaboration another one lack of alignment another one like uh, lack of capabilities and the fourth one is others and and i saw that would be somehow distributed uh, because all of this is something like i work with and the answer was almost like 60 percent lack of collaboration <laughs> so in a way yeah. i was like wow yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you, yes. you've, been, you've been working with this and you've been helping organization in this area. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, that's um, we have spent a lot of energy and knowledge and research into developing people over the last 30, 40 years, especially with the develop, the rise of psychology and it came into the organization. So we, we all understood now that if we want to, I mean, if you want to grow a business, you need to grow individual, you need to grow yourself as a leader. And there is a lot of offers on that. Like it's, it's, there are many things available to, you know, grow your, you know, self awareness and to build your skills and to work on yourself. And, uh, and there, so that, that, that part has been pretty well covered, but there's another part if we want to succeed that is not at the individual level, but it is in the collective level. So, so it's like in sport, uh, you can become very good in your, 
or let's say music, you can become the best, you know, a super good violin uh, player. But if you play an orchestra, it's another game. You need to play with others, listen to the other ones and and synchronize and create harmony or now such an harmony so you can play the music. And I think the field of the collective is, is the next, in the field of innovation. And it's what was is missing. So as we have grown the people, individual skills and self-leadership skills, we haven't developed like the, the social field, the collective. And... Uh, Someone was speaking. We need to, you know, the shift from you, you know, you, the, the human capital to the to the social capital. So that's that's it. So what is the social capital that that the, if you're the company leader, that how can we, you know, use this potential that is in the in this social capital? Uh, we what we call collective intelligence. How can we use it for uh, better uh, orientations? in the complexity of the business? How can we better be better oriented ourselves, have a better strategy, or can we better prioritize? How can we use it to run our business on a daily basis and deal with whatever needs to be dealt with, you know, the, all the problems we meet and, you know, make our value chains lean and fast? And um, how can we use it to decide and take decisions on a daily basis? We have to take decisions all the time. So sometimes we need to... So those, some of those decisions, they imply different people, different stakeholders. How can we be fast and efficient uh, so it's not uh, the, you know, the consensual, uh, classic, you know, and, and slow motion uh, decision, but something that is, that is adapted to the need of speed and, and, and relevance in the business. So that, those are big, quest big questions, really. Um, I think the, uh, there are more. How can we learn together? How can we share? Or, you know, also, how create? How do we create a space for people to show up at their best? And so th there is, in that, in that field of collective, I think over the, for the last 15 years, 20 years, uh, even less, um, um, different fields of practices. And uh, Agile has been one, is, is a big, is a, well, uh, a, a, an illustration of, or Agile is, is, is a lot about, you know, putting people together and being efficient together. So I think it's one big thing. There are others, mm -hmm. uh, uh, all the, the movement around facilitation, uh, coming from, you know, the art of hosting or from open space technology. There are different sources. But I think today we are, companies start to realize that collaboration is a key if they want to face their challenges, but they still don't really know how and they are still struggling. And I think that's, uh, that's for everyone and maybe for those who are listening, there's a lot of opportunities there, either for a leader or for a change, or for if you're a consultant or a change maker to, to work in this, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and by the way, I just want to say to uh, anyone watching us on LinkedIn, uh, please uh, leave a comment. Uh, tell us where you are, where you are uh, watching us from, and uh, if you have any question, feel free to ask us. Um, I think, I mean, when I look at the collaboration, and I and I now explain it really well in terms of the challenges that organizations face and the complexity of the uh, of the environment that we are in. And how this affect basically uh, organization in a way that they need to create like better solutions, innovative solutions. Uh, but when I look at like through my work and through like my experience, I notice that there are maybe like different levels of collaboration. There is the one to one, and this is this is driven by individual differences and 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 a possibility like to 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 connect, to listen, to understand. Uh, and the way we function, every one of us is, has different value sets and, and behavior tendencies. And then you have like between teams, uh, which is another dimension, right? Uh, and, uh, and, and, and then you have dif between different functions, which is another dimension. And then between yeah. geographies or locations, yeah. which is yeah. another dimension, right? So, so when you add them all this together, it becomes mm -hmm. like really complex. So, yes. So how do you go about it? And I mean, and yeah. if, if there is like an approach, so the especially leaders who would be listening to us, yeah, uh, what what could what do you do, and what could they do to 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 improve this or to overcome this challenge? Yeah. Okay. So um, I think there's an important distinction to make between the people and the organization. So individuals have relationships and they can, you know, be greater at that, and they can, you know, grow their capacity to listen and to interact and to 
you know, find win-win solutions. So that's one thing. And I think that's very essential, by the way. And that's part of collective intelligence. So um, then there are the individuals, in, as you say, in a collective. So that's kind of close, but that's uh, all this discipline of participating. Like, when do I speak or when do I shut up? Or, you know, when or as a if I'm a facilitator, what do I invite? What kind of conversation do I invite? Do, do we need to have as people? But so that's one level, the human, the people level. And there's another, uh, to, to structure it, there is another dimension that is the organization level. So uh, the question is, what is the organization that, is we, that we need today to do the work we have to do? And um, unless this is clear, it's going to be complicated for people to, to collaborate. So you need, we need in an organization, organization to have a clear you know, structure uh, of roles, and accountabilities and domains, so we understand the context in which we operate and interact as individuals. So mm -hmm. in an organization, say we're both working in the same team, I have a role, you have a role. So in the context of our roles, we have maybe dependency, so I'm making your request. Maybe you cannot address those requests. So we are finding a solution, but this is in the context of the roles, not in the context of you and I. Mm. Uh, just as people and 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 um, and sometimes maybe we need to sit and look at the organization and our roles and, and 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 reflect okay the way they are defined is it actually optimal like there is i'm responsible for this thing but maybe your role should be responsible for this thing if i put mm. it differently my role is supposed to do that but it doesn't make sense that thing should be, to be done by this other role because that would be more you know more lean and we can change that. And so I'm not the role and you're not your role. We, this is something outside of us. So we, we disidentify. I think one of the shifts we need to do to become an agile and adapted to complexity is just one of the steps is to, for people to disidentify uh, you know, to the role they fill in. On the one hand, there are people. On the other hand, there's an organization. There's a structure of roles. And that, that can actually be, it's one of the things we do. Uh, it's that they can, it's adaptive. They can change those roles. The definition of account, domains and accountability has to change over time in order to meet the evolutions of those values chain or of the, of the business. And, uh, and we need to have conversations to clarify those changes and to decide on them. Mm. And that's called governance. So if... Collaboration, good collaboration go, goes with good governance, uh, good clarification of who is doing what, what role is doing what, but not what, well, which person is doing what, but what role is doing what. And then what the people, what role do they have? And, mm -hmm. and that's a very, that, this distinction is very helpful. And uh, maybe that's one way to unpack your, your question. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say those two things, yes, building the discipline of collaboration and interpersonal relationships is, I would say, especially collaboration in teams. So I would say especially facilitation. So there is one big thing to do here. Having like, you don't want people when they meet to have unfacilitated meeting. They have like, we need to know when we meet, you know, why we do we meet and, and, and what's supposed to happen and how we're going to reach the outcome we're trying to have together. So we are optimizing the time we have. This is one thing. And this is a field of discipline. And the other one is um, the structure. Do we have the structure serving? Is it clear? Is it explicit enough? Not too explicit because we, we don't need to make a big, you know, complicated machines, but is it clear so people understand the context in which they operate, what they're supposed to do and to deliver? And is, is, is this governance, those definition of roles, something we can discuss with the people? Mm. Is it something open to discussion? It's not just at the, at the top or it's not some, something we've forgotten in a, in a binder or in a, you know, uh, or in, 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 on a file in a computer uh, and we, we, we lost. And then people do things based on we don't really know. So mm -hmm. that it doesn't work for people to do things on base and we don't really know why they do it. And mm -hmm. that's, I think, one of the, the limits of those, um, when we, people call it to free the organization, people take a lot of initiatives and we need to find the right balance between, or the, the, the thread between, yes, they take initiatives, but in the context of a role, mm -hmm. not in the context of I do whatever I want anywhere. That mm -hmm. doesn't really work, I yeah. think. So, so you, you were talking about facilitation. I mean, and, and facilitation in a way it's like almost every leader job uh, every time a group of people together in a room it could be virtual room it could be physical room it could be now hybrid uh, but yes. <laughs> what do you what do you what do you say like to leaders like in order to make the most out of, i mean for me personally i really believe that meetings are the best shot you have as a leader yeah. to create a sense of community to drive mm -hmm. alignment and commitment uh, toward the goals 
and and to create really nice culture and environment for people mm-hmm. to thrive. So what do you think, like from your experience working with leaders and also observing what happened during this meeting, what, what are like two or three advices you have when it comes to facilitating meetings and, uh, yeah. So <clears throat> first thing I would say, uh, leadership can be spread in the team and in the organization. So when we say leaders, well, who do we mean? So leaders can be, I think it's a, it's everybody's a leader. I would say there's another part. Everybody's a leader and a follower. Because mm-hmm. if you start to <clears throat> build self-organization and, and, um, and, and, and define the roles, everybody becomes a leader of his role, but also followers of everybody else's role. So you're more of a follower than a leader. You're actually also following, empowering. You know, uh, <coughs> when another person's role, uh, and sorry, I don't want to get, I want to answer your question. I just, just make a side comment. But um, yeah, yeah. in that spirit, uh, often uh, that's something we actually tend to propose to managers to not be the facilitators of the meeting, but to delegate the role of facilitation to a team member so that they can focus more on the people or on the content but not of the container. The facilitation will be the container of the, com- the, of the meeting. And then here, and here let, me, let me kind of add a comment yeah. to this because I think this yeah. is very powerful. Um, and so there is, I give one example. So every, yeah. every morning I, I'm a part of this virtual workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do every morning with some colleagues, people I never met in my life, like face-to-face. And then we do like a variation of burpees exercises and we mix it with squats and all kind of like other body weight uh, exercises. And um, and one thing we've done, which has been so powerful, is we rotate the leadership all the time. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, even when I'm almost like, which is which is true, like most of the time, I'm leading the sessions. I'm always delegating. And I tell you, for example, sometimes I would be, we would be like two people, like in, uh, like in one of the, se- some of the sessions. And what I do, I said, okay, usually I lead and I count. So every time I go down and I do one push up, I say the number. And then what I, t- what I do is I, I kind of, uh, we switch back and forth. So I say one, I go down. The other person says two when he goes down or she goes down. Fine. And, nice. and for me, and for me, it was like, it's so important to to create more engagement and also to plant the seed for this person to lead in the future. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I am the mm-hmm. leader, I want to empower these people mm-hmm. so they can have this opportunity, this small yeah. window of opportunity. So when the time comes, yeah. they will just be able to really lead yeah. with confidence and I think what you're pointing at here is something which is very, very important and very powerful mm-hmm. because we sometimes think that leadership development is sending people to a program and, and we, we fail to, to embrace this everyday's opportunity to develop some more confidence and some more skills yeah. Yeah. and the people around us. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, this is, yeah. this is a great point what you shared. Yeah. I, I love by the way that, uh, I think that will be another discussion, but, uh, I'm a big fan of, of, of doing sport myself and uh, we have this in common. I'm yeah. very impressed by your early morning, se- very early morning sessions uh, with the thousands of burpees that you <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you. This is great. Uh, anyway, and uh, um, because, because what I like in there that in the sport, it goes in your body. So, uh, it, I mean, in a way, uh, when you, you, you go through this, this uh, pushing yourself, in your body, uh, of course, in, in still respecting yourself, um, develop some some capacity to go through the har- hardship, mm-hmm. and and uh, and become a better person. Because at the end of the day, I think this is maybe something what we are meant to do. We are meant to go through hardship and to you know rise uh, greater, and that's a chance to do it. We are um, anyway, and and it helps. I see for myself, it helps me in my personal and professional life uh, in terms of mentality and mindset to, to uh, be, maybe be more uh, focused and more uh, resistant and, and able to, um, to, I would say, take bigger pain. I mean, take, take greater loads. So it's good as a leader, I would say, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that's, a, because that, that's interesting because uh, talking about leadership and teams, um, the experience, the true learning happens in the experience 
when you're in a situation and it's and, and maybe confronted to a new situation that is so what, it's what we do with in the team um to uh so so the, the about meetings and then uh yes a facilitator who is not a leader could mm. be the leader but not necessarily have to and this it could be a turning role and those uh how to you know use the put as we say the potential of a collective intelligence so they are we know today it's like there are like two we offer people toolbox so there there are there would be a a number of possible uh, uh, rituals or methods of, of processes that we can use and pull out uh, in order to achieve the, uh, the goal of that very meeting. And that, can, and that will be facilitated by the person. Mm-hmm. But when we do that, and when we, especially when we train that, it, cre- it becomes an experience where people actually, they experience they maybe sometimes the urge to speak, but they can't because it's not the moment. Or they, they see that they have a chance to see how they're, System, I would say, even their brain reacts and the emotion system reacts in this in a context of a conversation in a group, and they become more aware of that, and they have a chance to use themselves better as an instrument in favor of the goal. So they are not react in a reacting mode when actually it's uh, you know your, your limbic brain, you 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 you. Uh, for instance, there is a there is a conversation. People disagree, and they start to argue. That those debates that are a bit heated, mm. um, we they, in between two people, they they they, they uh, how can we use the energy and the potential of that that is there, but find a, a good solution, a solution that is optimal, not just mm. one wins over the other, one the other, and one is you know as a loser and one is the winner. Mm. So how can we get out of that and find a capacity to integrate? So the process that we that there are some processes and methods that would invite or or, or support people to be in that state of mind, so they yes. would be more integrated in that space, exactly yeah. in that space. And the facilitator becomes the is the person who is in charge of creating that space mm-hmm. and holding that space. Mm-hmm. And it's hard if, because the manager would be some maybe in the conversation. And a facilitator, that's two things, that's one too many, cannot be on the content and on the container at the center. Or oh, you can, but it's difficult. And it's a lot of power in your hands as well. So, so, um, so yes, facilitator can be, it's what you empower people to become leaders, but it's also a way to, to kind of even the, the power in the team and to not have everything in the same, in the same person. And it's also maybe less uh, risk that one person, the lead manager in this case, you know, uh, would not be able because it's if it's too many things that you have to do at the same time managing the content of the container, mm-hmm. uh, you 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 just can't read it at some point. So that's mm-hmm. creating a, a better context for the team to use the, con- the collective intelligence, and those those uh, we call them architectures. Those methods you create a different architecture, a different an envir- like a different environment, a different context, uh, and th- those this context generates new behavior. Mm. So you can change people's behavior, yes, by training them on leadership, as we said earlier, and develop people. But you can also change their behavior by changing the context, changing the architecture, changing mm. the rules. Mm. Uh, that will be some rules, some language which we use. Uh, having a facilitator that is with the speech in a certain way and invite people to speak at a certain moment. And then you, you kind of start to have new, new behaviors without going through all the you know, leadership development that, that would take a lot of time. And yeah. so in terms of scaling, it's much easier. And in terms of impact, it's much easier. Yeah. Nonetheless, it's still due to do leadership training, but I think it's a very good complement. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is something, you know, for me, for example, again, taking this example or metaphor of like the daily workout is... You know, at some point, I kind of pause and ask each one, like if we have like, we are six, seven, eight people, and, and I say like, say, share one word, how do you feel in this moment, right? Yes. And within, and within like one minute, I have everyone engaged like again and, and, and so connected, right? So, yeah. And, and, and this is something which is, again, like I, I, I really see that there is a huge opportunity in every meeting, every single meeting, there is a huge opportunity to create team spirit, to increase engagement, to create, to develop capabilities, to develop future leaders, right? And, and this is something which is so exciting. And, and I know like a lot of people make fun of meetings. And, and I, I know also during the COVID, 
uh, era, like there have been like a lot of virtual meetings and, and I think maybe we overdid it, but also we abused it or we, we misused it and, and we didn't know how to lead it in a way mm. to make it real, to make it authentic, yeah. to yeah. make it, and this is something, I mean, maybe if you want to touch on, which is how much you allow the structure, you know, for example, in meetings versus the spontaneous and let what comes in the yeah. moment arise. Yeah. How do you b- manage this? Yeah, yeah. It's a very good, de- well, that would be the role of the facilitator to actually manage that. So in the context of a team, so it's like there is no general answer. There, will, there is only the reality of what the, the team needs right now and what the work needs could be a bit different. So there is a need of the work, the need of the organization and the need of the people. And we need to balance both. And um, so, so, um, uh, I think the f- in many, many companies, in many organizations, the first need is to um, to, to build, bring the discipline, so to become um, self-aware as we engage the collective, mm. and to uh, and and the fact there is a facilitator in the process creates this this safety that or the security that I will have my chance to speak in the right moment so I can let go and listen to others. The 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 speech is not something um scarce mm. that only a few have in their hands and they you know it's not a monopoly of someone. It's something that is distributed. And I think it's already modeling self-organization and distribution of power. Like you you have you're in a group of people and there is a turn to speak and there will be your turn and you will be okay. You will have the time. But in the meantime, you have to wait. And, and, and that discipline and, uh, and um, is often in service and people tend to lack it a lot, especially after when they have practiced. Um, so all the circles practices, for instance, are very good because they, they, they teach that. And what do you mean? What do you mean? Circle practices, like going around, like and uh, yeah. asking people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For instance, a circle practice is people. It's a very the oldest and the more maybe simplest. Uh, the simplest structure is simply, you know, there is a question or there is a topic, and we want to, instead of having a debate, everybody speaks, uh, because maybe only the extrovert will speak and etc. And uh, the more powerful or people will speak, the others will tend to shut up. We will miss the ideas. It's not coherent. It's not creating. It's not optimal. It's not optimal for individuals. You know, they, their experience may be um, disengaging. They just start, some people start to feel disengaged, and, and uh, it's not the best for the organization. It's not the best for the people. Um, so, so a simple practice is sim- uh, asking people to speak one after another. So there is this uh, idea of having a, a talking st- a talking stick. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. a way to sim- to to show that okay, I have the stick in my hand, and and so when I have it in my hand, I have the right to speak without being interrupted. And when I'm done, I put it back to the center or to my to my neighbor, and and, and the next person speaks and, and not being so. That simple practice, uh, especially when there is an important topic that is maybe comes with some tension, so some things at stake, and able to create clarity and include people. So that's but some so that's that's very adapted sometimes. But sometimes you just want to have an open discussion, yeah, exactly. and, and having people to you know free express. So. When to do what? Well, I think it's it's totally okay to do both. Um, what I my experience around free discussion, yeah, of course we can have a, like a completely a no like a non no topic free moment. Most of the time, it's interesting. It's more, I mean, as long uh, in a business context, you would want to have maybe yeah, you want to say at least uh, discuss. Okay, what are we talking about? We're discussing this. How do how much time do we have to discuss? Do we give ourselves? Or maybe we give us half an hour. Okay, so we discuss this topic for half an hour. Do we have a structure? Yes or no? No? Okay, we open debate. Let's have half an hour on this, and it's an open discussion. Let's go. And at least you have a minimal structure. That is, we stay on the topic, and mm-hmm. we have a time frame. And that would kind of already focus and, and still gives people you know free expression. And we still... What we want to avoid is the meeting that starts, and uh, there is you know five items, and the, we spend... 75% of the time on the item number one because it's a big debate and two people are debating, some are disengaged and we don't have the time to cover the other topics. This is not working. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm reading here comments from George Al-Khouri. Uh, no one can deny the importance of communication. Absolutely. I think, uh, and, and, and the more it's open, the more it creates this space for teamwork to emerge and high performance to be the norm. Uh, I read also comments from Eli. Uh, 
dialing from Beirut, did operating from home reflected negatively on companies' culture? What do you think, uh, Michael? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I guess everybody has a different experience. So um, many things in this story. Um, uh, I think okay. So so the if we stay in the topic around teams. Um, Without any physical, first we don't have the physical contact. We are like animals, so we we are not. Our, I don't think our brain is wired to teamwork and distance all the time. We kind of, we we feel it when we now. I'm we doing. I do a lot of seminars with teams that I haven't met in. I think on Friday I have a team that haven't met each other physically for two years. It's crazy. Wow! And they are just super happy to meet. This is something they're thrilled. Uh, two years, you know, and I'm talking about the leadership team on a very large company. Uh, and and um, so we're not, as humans, we are, we are gregarian, we want to meet. And um, so it's, it's challenging. Um, but with the technology of today, with the video and, this, and the, uh, Zoom, etc., we, we have the, um, we can still interact, still have a sense of the other, the other persons and have a kind of emotional connection. So uh, I think it's an invitation to build those disciplines I was mentioning, like having a time for checking in. Mm. And I, because it's, we a big, be, it's a big one. It's a big one. This one, and, yeah. and, and and many many still under uh, underestimate this and and not really use it. It's so important to have the check in at the beginning of meetings. And, yeah. and for me, I always think about it is like you are offloading something which on their yeah. mind. To ensure that everyone is on the same page, yeah, and and also I think this is something which we all struggle with, especially in the last like you know sixteen months or so, which is everyone needs to feel listened to and heard, and connected in a way. And when you do this check in at the beginning, you are fulfilling that need early on, which yeah. is. Yes, just to be seen and heard as a human being. I mean, we are human beings. So I think the, 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 what COVID or, or what those uh, situations, what you know, the homeworking has taught us is uh, it's, it's like we have been in the gigantic experience or gigantic training to level up our game. And now we can start to see each other again, but we don't have, I think it's, we don't want to see each other again as before. We want to see each other again with more uh, more maturity, mm. and we want to apply what we've learned. So we have learned because when we work distance, we know we need those rituals. We need to have the more structured, more qualitative, more focused conversations, and we can bring this quality in the in the physical field uh, and become more aware of what we're doing when we're doing it. What we're doing. So so. I think this is what we've been learning. Like, you know, who am I talking to? Who am I in the moment? How much time do we have? What is the goal now? Um, because this is the way we, many of us used to work before, doesn't, is not just applicable if you're distant. So, you have, so, so I think that has been a huge opportunity for learning and evolving. And now we need to bring this into, it brings other questions like, um, okay, so what kind of lifestyle do I want? And, uh, and also it brings another question, like, what is an organization? It used to be, well, there's are people coming to the office, you know, from eight to five or nine to ten, eight, six uh, every day. That's the organization. That's people in the office. Well, now there's an organization with people who are not in an office. So it's a, it's a, it's a virtual organization with distant people everywhere. Is mm. it still an organization? Yes. Well, can it produce something? Yes. So an organization is not in the, in the building. It's not an office. It's not... It's all, but and then the, the, it, it challenges the relationship with the manager because the manager wasn't there anymore. So, so what is an organization? And it's even more because there's another level to it that, uh, and I just add this is a little parenthesis that more and more people change the nature of their contract with the company. More and more people work, you know, as independent and they are actually contracted. And more and more company they want to build their growth on, you know, uh, employment. Um, on demand, staff on demand. So I can, you know, use external resources or so, so the organization from being employees, being full-time in an office are shifting to people everywhere, working from home, no offices or less of that. And employees are not really employees. They are other type of, it's a major fundamental shift of what is the definition of an organization and how you manage it. 
and uh, the glue to it to, to hold this together is how we show up in collective, how we are together, when we're together, what do the, like the structure of work, what it is, regardless of who you are or where you are, what kind of contract you are, what is the structure of work we're doing together, what is the work, and how we organize for it, and two, how we connect. Yeah, and yeah. and and if you have this in place. You don't, it doesn't matter if you're far, it doesn't matter if you're an employee, you're not an employee, if you're a big yeah. boss or the year. It just, we are people doing a work together and, and we become skilled at doing this. So it's, it's uh, essential if you, to move to the future. I think it's essential. Yeah. And, and, and I think really this puts so much more pressure on leaders to be able to orchestrate and, and to adapt like to this new needs and uh, new preferences when it comes to, from the workforce, right? From the people. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, some people say, you know what? I'm not going to come to the office five times a week. You know, that's it. It's simple. I'm going to come like three times maybe. And uh, what does this mean? Well, it means that the leader need be able to uh, like to still create this team spirit, drive yeah. performance, yes. drive engagement, in a virtual environment and yeah. sometimes in a hybrid environment. And and, and, yeah. and this requires, you know, more capabilities and, and more awareness. Yeah. And, uh, and and again, that's what, that's what makes it, you know, challenging. And I think yeah. it's so important for leaders to kind of understand the shift and and develop the skills needed to be able to master yeah. you know, that, that challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah they used to... Uh, they used to um, what we expect, used to expect from a manager would be to, um, you know, command and control. That mm-hmm. we, you know, I'm maybe exaggerating here, and it's not black and white, but I would say as a as a as a polarity, the polarity was leading towards command and control. Yeah. And the new polarity would be um, hold the space, hold the, you know, hold the whole. Mm. So you become a care, you, some call it servant leader. So you you you, you care for the whole. So. You kind of so uh, the it's a, also it's a shift from a star model to a circle model. So the star model is I'm, the manager is at the center and he has interactions with people and they report to him and he tells them what to do. And then when you have a meeting, it's like a reporting meeting. Everybody says to the manager what they're doing. I've seen that so many times in leadership teams or management teams. Let's call it. And then the circle model is. Well, everyone is 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 responsible a leader for some things, and people have direct interaction. So they have all there are many interactions among people, like a net. So it becomes a net, and then the the, the role of the manager is not anymore to control are those interactions right or wrong, or is there any mistakes in them? It's, he cannot do that because there are too many, mm. uh, and it would slow down the whole thing if he would start to control everything. So it's not possible. So he's just creating a context and a condition. So he's, he's observing: is the whole doing? How are we doing as a team? How is the energy? How are the people? Is the people included? Is there somebody out? Do we feel the flow is well, you know, um, is there a good flow everywhere? Or is there some people that are split apart? Um, how, what are we doing? Is it creating value? Is it relevant to our stakeholders, to our client? Or, you know, uh, are we, in, uh, and what do these clients need? And are we actually creating, you know, you know being relevant? So these are the questions for the leader. Are we uh, and where are we going? Um, are we are we you know optimizing the potential of the resources that we have, or am, am I under underusing them? How the people are learning and growing in the team? You know, are they the best or not? And how can I make sure they are the best? Because when they are the best, they will be best at players and they will create more value, etc. So these are the questions for the leader, and uh, I can you know. So I'm in service of the whole. So I'm not. Managing person, I'm, I'm 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 caring for the whole. Yeah. So and, which is which is the system in a way. So I'm yeah. responsible for the system. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And for the health and the the vitality, and of the system and its integration to the greater system, mm-hmm. is our system creating value for the greater system out there? Exactly. And, that, that, and is it you know well plugged? Is it is it is it generative or not generative? Is it creating more value, more life, or less life, less mm-hmm. value? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's the question I think that a manager is having. So he's completely shifting his attention, his, his, his role, and his orientation and his yeah. skills, I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So what's the one advice you have for leaders in organizations? You know, I've, I've done this. I started, like I said, my podcast, and I've been uh, a few, uh, not so long ago, not uh, much more recent than you. And um, 
So I, I, I had a time to, I was thinking, okay, what do I keep from the, the people I interview are either leaders from companies who are in this transformation journey or change makers or forefront thinkers. Uh, and I, as I was asking myself, what do I keep from all those interviews? I made like 13 of them. Uh, and, and then there is, so this is what I keep from them and this is, that will be my answer. So I think the, it's very, bottom line is very simple. It's, uh, I would say the quality of presence. So, uh, the, 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 and it's, it's actually very profound. So it's, it, it will speak in the way you listen to people. So how you are present in the moment to the people, the quality mm. and the depth of your presence, mm. how you are, are actually attending to the people and the team. Uh, and and it's, it's not only listening, it's listening and I would say listening slash attending slash observing uh, or slash sensing into. The different words say the same thing. You can use also your emotional construct to listen to people, not just with the, with your mind, but also with your, with your emotions mm. uh, and, and sense into them, uh, into them. So that, that's that too. Uh, so for me, that's, that's my, um, yeah. that would be my piece of advice. Be, yeah. be a, be present. And, you know, being agile is about being present. So uh, mm. the agility is the capacity of responding in the present mm. to yeah, what is yeah. emerging. If you if you are only, only anticipating the future, but things emerge and you're not responding fast, you are not you're not agile. So that's really a, that's really a key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this takes me again. If I take the example of this virtual workout, uh, and uh, basically at some point, uh, you know, I so for example, we set a goal. We're gonna do like two hundred push-ups. Yeah, and then you can. Nice. But then, but then, but then, at, at at some point in the session, you feel like, or maybe even at the end of the session, you feel, you know what? Actually, it's almost like everyone is capable of more, and even and even with not, they are not saying it. They want to do more, and 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 so being so sensitive, like, and what you said about talked about now, being present, right, and saying, you know what? Let's do another fifty. You know? And, and so kind of really be so sensitive to kind of where everyone is and how you can continuously maybe challenge them, but also help them get better and uh, help them, you know, perform at a higher level, but also help them feel better. Yeah. So kind of maximizing both, like the human side and the performance yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. And, and also not to be only high achievers, but also to stop sometimes. Say, no, we, don't, we stop now. Exactly. Because the group needs to stop now. Exactly, and and uh, we don't go for fifty, for fifty, for two hundred. We go for we stop at one fifty because that's okay for now, and so that could be both ways. Uh, just exactly. wanna, just 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 not be oriented towards only more. It can be less, but it's more like responding to what's going on, what being present. So that person needs needs help. That person needs to slow down. So that person needs to uh, take holidays. Actually, mm-hmm. she, she's not or he is not asking for it, but they actually do need it. Or yeah. uh, and so that's uh, and. Yeah, that, that's that's this observation, and and when one of the agile practices would be to uh, simply call for uh, what we call the tensions. So or so, what are the like the business? What are the needs? What are the tensions? What what is actually bothering you? What is in your mind now, and that prevents you from moving on? Like things that you are not clear on. And one of the one of the simple practice that we, we, we like to, to do in teams is to, to learn that practice of, you know, uh, raising or, or uh, the tension. So people you know, put them on the table uh, and voice their tensions. Mm-hmm. And then we go from there. Okay, so because the tensions are what is actually in the moment, in the present, happening. Mm-hmm. And this is actually what in the present is stopping you from moving faster or, or getting doing a better job or is also in, you know bugging people's mind. So this is actually the real topic people have in their mind. These are in the in the present. They are not in the future. They're in the present. Mm-hmm. They can be future related. I don't know. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Okay, but in the present, this is bugging me. So it's yeah. existing today. So okay. So then we have a conversation with that, and we we, tri- we what we like to do is to triage. So not necessarily solve that but create clarity on how to move on with that. Okay, that's, that's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael, how did you keep growing? And then, of course, your work demands from you to, to develop you know, more skills and more understanding to be able to help leaders, especially senior leaders in big organizations, yeah. the ones that you work with. So how did you keep growing throughout the years? 
it's I have this I, I think from very early age the commitment to keep growing so that's something or to keep learning and to so first my my it's a good word grow because I think it comes from inside so I uh, I think I've ch- tried from the beginning to uh, grow me not uh, attend or to follow a track that was written by someone else so that's how I end up in this field. Mm. Uh, in a field of like collective intelligence was nowhere or no way a career 20 years ago and it became but mm. and I followed that track because it was working on me and growing myself and it, it felt like this is this is what the me growing or who I am growing is actually wanting to do or is like the right thing to do now even though there is no necessarily like I don't know if there is business opportunities but that's the right thing for me to do now so mm. my life has been uh, my choices, even in my studies, or often to become an, 15 years ago an independent and you know, build a company. Anyway, many things have been like a an expression of something that is unfolding. And and my weight, the best I could to be myself uh, and to find the right thing, still responding for what is outside, like seeing the world and seeing what is needed and trying mm. to find my way. So yeah. how I... I um, I grow, so I would say I try to listen to uh, what I feel called for, also what I like or what I inspires me. Or so I, I'm tuned to how I respond inside to what comes to me to sense where the track for me. I would say that. So and it takes the more I do, uh, I would say I, have a, I would say a spiritual life, like meditation or a, like a moment to pause and just be, or uh, just to observe, just because to be present to how I respond to what I live. This is, I just see how I respond. And I realize, oh, this is something that's, you know, speak to me and I want to go more there. So, mm. so that, that's something we, we yeah, uh, for me, the, the inner life is important. I have my own way, I would say, like many people today. I'm not really, I'm not really religious. I come from a religious religion, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm more into a personal, uh, I would say, and, and, but I share it with others or in, on the, along the way, uh, but uh, like I'm a personal exploration of that and experience of that. Mm. Um, and then I've been always learning. So I then I always took action into, okay, if I'm I've been serious about it. So like um, I decided to become independent because I was serious about it. I decided to t- train on holacracy ten years, more than ten years ago. It was totally unknown at the time, and to become a, one of the first licensee in Europe because I thought it was the right thing to do, not because mm. there was business opportunities at the time. Mm. And uh, it was before it became big, um, et cetera. So I always took seriously the things that I felt were the right thing to do. Mm. And uh, some, actually, sometimes it led to big things, sometimes not, but it doesn't matter. Mm. And uh, more lately, um, my podcast, I just speak a lot about it now, but something kind of new in my life, is my way to grow. Uh, just mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, way to meet people and and also yeah. learn and and open. I may be in a little bit in the in the closing of a I don't know like like it's like a, we go in cycles in life. So in this cycle, I'm more I started to share and my I would say my exercise is to share and that's mm. that and to kind of. Uh, so I, you know, I just wrote a book, and so these are these are uh, where am I in this phase? And that's my way to grow, uh, mm. which is something new. I was not in there before. I was more a practitioner, but mm. now I'm a practitioner and also someone who shares. And that's I'm, I'm. This is how I learn right now. Yeah, and this is for me as well. It's like like share. I mean, learning by sharing. It's a, it's a very powerful way because it help it helps you to reflect and to internalize yeah. things and and be able to present it in a way which is simple and clear. So what? my last question to you, Michael, what's the legacy that you'd like to leave behind through your work? This is an amazing question. I don't know if I ever asked myself this question. I think I want to... I wanna, um, I, I, okay, what I, I would like is to a, uh, in, live an imprint in the society that would... Um, uh, as as a large collective, or as that we have a new normal, new standards uh, as as a, as as a people. Mm. So, for instance, I would like that um, uh, in the way democracy is working today, is we become much more tuned to the potential of the collective, of the people, of the society. Like uh, one step today, we are asked to vote. In, in, in Switzerland, much more often. 
It's really good. Yeah. In, in, uh, you're in Switzerland. I'm in, I'm in Belgium. I'm yeah. a French living in Belgium. Um, we vote every, in France, we vote every five years for the president. And yeah. I mean, we vote, you know, one every other year or two years. And that's it. You have option between four or five options and that's it. That's all you're, and then you shut up. Mm. And then if you want to do a political, you can be a political activist, but that's, you know, it's like either you do very small or a lot, but in between there is no way in the middle. And I think we have to rethink what it means to be a democracy because the idea of democracy is this, is this social capital. Uh, it's believed that we can, you know, be, be more smart together. Uh, so I, I would like to leave a, uh, uh, this, you know, collective capacity to deal with the, complex, the challenges of our times, which is number one, you know, the, our environmental crisis. Mm. And how can we become able, because this is com a com very complex, highly complex issue. Mm -hmm. We're totally interdependent. There's only one planet and one climate. I mean, so it's highly complex because there are so many stakeholders involved. And my dream would be to have contributed to uh, make, you know, the, the people able to deal with those complex issues such as this one. And I've bring this into the structures, the structure of society, the structure of organized, the structure of uh, our democracies that's that's what i would like to contribute to that's great yeah and i and i think this is a you know it's a very noble thing to to drive which is this ability to to create this space where everyone can contribute and co-create solutions yeah. for today and for tomorrow and for generations mm -hmm. to come whether in mm -hmm. organizations in the workplace or outside the workplace and i think this is what we need today more than ever so um, thank you so much, Michael, for joining me on this uh, uh, inspiring conversation. And uh, uh, for all the listeners, uh, please um, uh, leave a comment uh, on the podcast. Uh, subscribe if you haven't. And uh, if you have uh, any challenges, uh, reach out. Feel free to reach out and uh, connect. And uh, again, Michael from uh, Fabric. And the, and the website is fabric.team. Fabric, F -A, uh, with a C at the end, fabric, C. dot team, like a, team, yeah. a teamwork, T-E-A-M. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or also you can reach out to me. And uh, until the next episode, please stay inspired and make the biggest difference you could make uh, in your area of responsibility and beyond. I mean, your organization, your workplace, everything you do can make a huge difference. So I hope that you stay inspired and you do that until the next episode. Take care and bye. Bye.